Who will be the master? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia, and we got a great show for you today. It's a little bit of golf talk, that's right, because the Masters is coming at you really quick, and uh, we wanted to bring in, in my opinion, the best when it comes to golf, whether it be DFS, whether it be wagering. He is the host of the Pat Mayo Experience podcast, and he is an experience unto his own. I have known Pat now for... I don't know, close to a decade, I feel like. It's getting like closer and closer to that. It's it's definitely seven, eight years. I'm just gonna say it a decade. But Pat Mayo, I am so excited to have you on here. I know you do so much with DraftKings. I know you do stuff with FTN now. You're everywhere as you should be, and uh we're just lucky to talk to you today. Pat's going to help us break down the golf slate, looking forward to the wagering opportunities that lay ahead of us here at Betting Pros. So, Pat, welcome to the program. It is so great to have you, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, almost like you, I'm everywhere. Like Fantasy National Golf Club, the the biggest stats database and tools on the planet. Everyone can get in on Mayo Media Network on YouTube. But like you said, a decade is a really long time. I'm so old now, it freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, and you're catching up to me and kids. You've got two now. I've got two. I'm done. So I don't know. Is two your limit? Have you finally said, you know what? This is good. Two is good. I think we're good. Or are you pushing the envelope? I know you I know you got a lot of things in the works. You're moving. You're always doing stuff. But how how's the second kid affecting the, the Mayo household? Well, I, two is good enough for me. My wife wants more. So we have to kind of figure <laughs> this out at this point. Having two within the span of 18 months uh, kind of push push back the timeline a little bit. All right. All right. So let's let's talk a little golf here and we'll uh, leave Pat Mayo's private life private. He's very wonderful for sharing a little uh, taste of it with us here on the program today. Let's talk about the course first. Um, in your opinion, what kind of player does this course favor? And and what is that, you know, first attention we should pay? Because obviously, you know, last year when you look back at the Masters, Dustin Johnson is going to return to defend his crown. But um, it, it was a record breaking Masters win for him. But who else out there, in your opinion, in terms of style of play, really kind of fits this course? Generally speaking, you're looking for players that have great ball flights, can get it up and down around the greens just in case you ever end up missing because these runoff areas are so slick that if you don't hit the right quadrant of the green, you're no longer going to be on the green. Lag putting, judging the speed of the green. So experience really goes hand in hand with playing well at Augusta. And you mentioned Dustin Johnson and that record-breaking performance in November. I think that's the key, though. November. The course is not going to be quite as receptive this time around. My guys on the grounds at Augusta National right now are telling me firm and fast. It's going to play a bit more challenging than if they just had no idea how to control the course because they just have never seen a tournament right. set up in November before. So expect it to be harder. Expect it to be fast and firm, more difficult. So you're looking for second shot players who are the best approach players on the planet that's generally the starting point where you want to go and if anyone has a bit of extra distance that only helps to mitigate some of the long distance of the second shot so someone like bryson or dustin or even john rom or they're going to have like 175, 160 yards into some of these par fives to set up eagle opportunities where a lot of the players in the field are going to be 200, 225 way. And that's not to say that those players can't compete. It's just their path to getting there is so much more difficult. 
All right, let's let's talk about some of those favorites that you kind of mentioned there at the very top. So if you're looking for odds, you can go to bettingpros.com and you can pull up all the consensus odds from everywhere and see which book that you like the most. But let's kind of go with general speaking here, because if you're looking right now at the top, Dustin Johnson is at plus 950. Then you have Bryson DeChambeau at plus 1150 and Jordan Spieth at plus 1150 as well. So these are the three guys at the top of the board. We'll get into that next grouping after that. But are you somebody that attacks the favorites always in these kind of tournaments or are you somebody that's looking for that outside long shot kind of play because these are two very for uh, three I should say very formidable guys at the top so how do you kind of break them down and disseminate between them you really can't is the thing especially with the odds being so close and then you can even throw Rom, Rory and Justin Thomas into that favorite sure. mix as well there are six of them this week how do you discern between all of them well I mean, if one of them shows up and plays to 90 or 97th percentile, they are going to win this tournament. It's just it's golf. And that's incredibly difficult to predict. So I'm not someone who generally bets the favorites ever during a tournament. I just don't think that golf odds actually lend itself to that, because when we're thinking about someone like Dustin Johnson, for example, in a field with all of the best players in the world, and of course, he just won. What is his actual win equity versus the rest of this field? He's nine and a half to one. I mean, did the odds actually reflect his win equity? No. Probably not. He's probably the same. <laughs> but it, he is the favorite to win, no matter what sort of you know, model that you run. But it's going to spit out like five and a half percent, six percent, six and a half percent. So those odds just don't match up. And I just think that casting a wider net at something like the Masters and golf betting in general is really the way to go. So if, let's just call him 10 to one for the sake of this argument. So you can have one Dustin Johnson at 10 to one, or you can still have four top 20 players in the world at 40 to one for exactly the same price. If you bet $10 or let's say you bet $100, 10 to one on Dustin Johnson to win, you would get your $1,000 back. Now you could bet $25 on each of those 40 to one guys and you would get the same net payout, except you have four guys. You can avoid a disaster from one of them. That's fine. One of them goes away. But then you have three more run runners to try to get into the race. So that's the way that I like to approach golf betting a little bit more. It does become tricky at a tournament like the Masters because going back to 2012 was the last time I mean, that's when Bubba Watson won his first Masters, and he was the 18th ranked player in the world that year. That is the worst player in the world to win the Masters since. So you're looking at someone inside the top 20 if you really want to find a winner this week. All right. So who are some of these guys that you're going to target in these clusters? Because, I mean, look, Pat broke it down for you in about as good of a way as you possibly can. I think it's very tempting to see those big names at the top. But what Pat's saying basically is, look, you know, you kind of spread it out a little bit over a few different guys. And the next thing you know, you've got better odds. It's like more outs in poker, basically, when you got more cards on the table. So here's a question for you with the course, with some of these things that you're putting out there. How would you go and attack which certain guys do you think are worth the wager in terms of the odds that you like, where they're at, and the style of play that you're talking about is going to be needed to be successful on this course at Augusta this weekend? I think you're looking at Brooks Kepka. He had knee surgery about three weeks ago. He hasn't played since the last week of February when he came second at the WGC against all of the best players in the world. He lost to Colin Morikawa concession that week. He won in Phoenix three weeks before that. And you're looking at good lead-in for him, too. That's always really important. If you go back and look at the past seven winners of the Masters, they had at least two top 15 finishes in their lead-up over the three starts coming into the Masters. So Brooks does have that. The biggest concern about him, is his knee? Is it going to hold up? And my answer, I have no idea. But what I'm getting <laughs> is we talked about the six favorites. 
Now, normally there are, I mean, Spieth has played his way into this conversation, obviously, with a win last week in his history at the Masters and just his overall popularity. It'd be like if Tiger had made a cut coming in, he all of a sudden he'd be the favorite. Just because he's right. Tiger, people want to bet on him. Spieth is in that category. People want to bet on him. Brooks, people don't really know. And it's affected his odds to the point where I think he is a value bet. If you talk about like daily fantasy, I mean, he might withdraw. Who knows? But when you're talking about the betting market, there's no difference between last and second. You need to come first. That's how you win these bets. And Brooks going off at 28 to one right now. If he was healthy and coming in, he would be 11 to one to win. So essentially, you inherit the risk of you don't know where his game is at. You don't know what his health status is at, but he's playing. And my reports from the course said he looks pretty good. He's not limping around or anything like that. So he could be playing possum here. So you're getting Brooks Kepka at over double the odds of all of the other favorites where he would normally be. So when, I mean, we call this gambling for a reason. You're gambling on his <laughs> And I think you're getting really good odds on a guy who is one of the favorites to win. And how much stock do you typically put into somebody who's hot coming into a tournament? I mean, you sort of alluded to the fact that that's a, usually a good sign. And it seems like in all sports, too, when, when a player, individual or, or team or whatever it might be, when somebody's in a groove, they're in a groove and it tends to carry over. Uh, is there anybody else who kind of fits that bill for you that's been playing well so far that you feel like is, you know, maybe kind of set up for possible success, surprising success in this tournament? Yeah, I think Matthew Fitzpatrick is that guy. Uh, you can find him as deep as 55 to 1 in some places. Wow. Since wow. since coming stateside at the Genesis, which Riviera CC in LA is probably the biggest crossover leaderboard to Augusta. A lot of former Masters champions have won at Riviera, which would make Quail Hollow, uh, the Wells Fargo Championship, another crossover course as well. So those two would be the ones that I'm looking for. Fitzpatrick started out there, and he's not, I mean, he's added distance to his game. His off-the-tee game has been really good so far this year, which is surprising, because he's sort of he's sort of like in the speed camp in the way that he plays. Like, generally, he's shorter off the tee, good long irons, great putter, great chipping, but he's added this, like, extra 20 yards of distance, and it's really really propelled him up the leaderboards. Uh, he hasn't quite closed out anything so far, but he came fifth at Riviera. He has no finish worse than T11, a tie for 11th in any of his four starts so far in America this season. And he's come top 10 at the Masters before. That was his best finish the year that Danny Willett won in 2016. And it's ever since then, he makes the cut every single year, but no real high-end performances. But he seems like a different player. And he's playing great coming in. If the conditions do play firm and fast, that's to his advantage. He plays hard courses really well. And one of the great things about some of these Brits, if you do want to target them, just looking at the weather forecast right now, it seems like Friday, I mean, it could get rained out based on the forecast that we're seeing at the moment. But if they do get out there, it's going to be soggy. It looks like it's going to be super windy fitzpatrick is one of the few players in the world who the worse the elements get the more to his advantage that actually plays so in ideal conditions he's pretty good in bad conditions he's better than most of the other players mm. in the field so bring on the wind if you have Matthew Fitzpatrick, <laughs> but he's just been playing so well and he's 55 to 1 so uh, i think that's and he's the number 16 ranked player in the world like he's a very good player I think people are sleeping on him a little bit and those odds are massive. So there's him and then there's Webb Simpson that you can get at 40 to one or 45 to one, depending on where you look. His form, not so great coming in. He had, does have two top six finishes so far this season. Another one at that WGC the first week they actually head to Florida this season. But he has top 20s at the Masters each of the past three years, top 10s each of the past two years. And once again, if this comes down to an irons, chipping and putting competition, you just need Webb Simpson to be okay 
off the tee. He doesn't need to be Brooks. He doesn't need to be Bryson or Rom or Bubba Watson off the tee because that is not his game. What he needs to do is have the exact same path that Spieth does to winning. He needs to not bleed strokes off the tee. He needs to be around field average, maybe slightly better than the field, but not much. And then light it up with the irons, which he can do. Put the lights out, which he can do, and have one of the best short games in the world, which he does have. So 40 to 1, 45 to 1. That way you can go Brooks, Webb, Fitzpatrick, and those are three guys right away at pretty deep odds. That's that's pretty good. Sounds good to me, actually. I, I feel so much more empowered now. Now, I, I actually, you know, I'm somebody who doesn't always, you know, look for the golf. I enjoy watching golf. I miss playing golf, but I have zero time to do it, which is really sad and pathetic. But as my kids are getting older, I feel like now I have a little bit more time where maybe I can get out there again and... You know, dust off the old clubs. I used to be okay. I know you're good, but I, I used to be all right back in the I day. Am I, not, I that, that, is, that is fake news. I am not. I have played one round of golf in the past three years. Really? Uh, what's see that happen? You have kids and all of a sudden the golf game goes away. It's it's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. I I, I mean, you, if any time you need to go out there and get some time to yourself on the golf course, it's when you have little kids, for God's sake. Uh, here's a question for you. Going back to the Kepka injury, is there any concern with some of the elements when you have a surgery or coming off an injury or things like that, that that could have a negative effect, even though we like the player going into it? If there is damp conditions and things like that, you know, like I, I just kind of putting that out there. Is that any sort of pause for you when it comes to Kepka because of the elements? No, there's no pause for me, but I completely think that there's probably going to be something that pops through like, oh, no, he doesn't look great right here. But that's a part of mm -hmm. that. That's the reason that you're getting the odds that you're getting on Brooks. At right. the moment. Like that is baked in to the risk that comes along with his 28 to one. So, um, you know, like I said, if he withdraws, you know, that sucks. But if he comes second, that also sucks. So <laughs> I, I'm trying to find guys that can win. And I know Brooks can win. All right, so take me through, uh, for those who may be new to DFS golf and, and whatnot, take me through your approach here. Like, let's say we're on DK and and we're trying to, you know, put something together here and you want to be able to watch the tournament and kind of have some pieces of it. What's the best practice for you to say go out there? I mean, I know you've mentioned some of the names, but what's the approach when you're looking at the pricing of the guys and you're trying to squeeze people in and, and say, okay, this is this is how I want to approach the the, uh, the slate here for the Masters from a DFS standpoint? Because I think a lot of people like the wagering standpoint, but then if you know they want a little bit more action, there's always the DFS side of things too. So how would you go through that? Well, I would go over to Mayo Media Network and watch my walkthrough <laughs> videos as I parse through the stats on FantasyNational.com and build as a model. As you should, by the way, because Pat does incredible work like this that does coach you through. And, and I've been on your show so many times, and I, I think what's so great is that you always have content there for people who are you know, new to things that walk them through the process, but you've also got the hardcore people audience too, that are, you know, doing this all the time. So do the, do the two minute walkthrough for everybody. And then everybody go watch the, the real walkthrough, please on Pat Mayo's website, because it's exactly what you need to kind of get you up to speed on the how of doing this. Yeah. I mean, when you do 400 shows a year, you can, Catered is that all? I mean, that, that just it. seems like a low number for you. Well, I'm, it, I'm actually it, disappointed with 400. 400 Pat Mayo experiences a year. There's also other content that comes out in between with that, with the short videos and such. But what right. you want to be doing here is trying to jam in as much win equity into your six players on DraftKings as possible. Do not get lured in by Fred Couples or Bernhard Langer, these like super old dudes who have no shot at winning. Could they make the cut? Sure. Why not? Yeah, great. They can come 40th. That does you nothing for your DraftKings <laughs> roster this week. So just avoid that temptation because 
if you put them in, you can start jamming in all of the top end guys. You're like, my team looks awesome. All I need, all I need is Fred Couples to come in ninth. Yeah, well, he's not coming in ninth. So just get that out of your mind right away. There are guys at the bottom. Listen, you can play a balanced approach. You can play a top-heavy approach. The pricing is so soft for the Masters that you can build almost any lineup you want. I would say leave 100 bucks at least on the table to make sure that you don't get duped because uh, you don't want to be splitting that million-dollar top prize with anyone. Come on now. And just if you're going to play, let's say, one lineup, you know, just pick whatever six guys that you want uh, that you feel comfortable with. Uh, I could say that you could go as low as Matt Wallace at $6,400. There's a group of guys down there. So there's Matt Wallace, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Na, and Robert McIntyre. Bobby Mack, the Scottish lefty bomber. Uh, he is a debutant, which is not great, but he's a lefty and he hits it a mile, which usually goes a really long way to success at Augusta. So you can use those guys at the bottom. If you want to jam in all of the guys at the top, you're probably best off looking at setting a cap somewhere around like $6,700 for your last man in. I have a couple lines with Max Homa, who's won at both of the correlation courses that I talked about Riviera and quail hollow. He won Riviera this year. It's the second master. So that's not great, but he's $7,100. He has the perfect game for Augusta. If he wanted to be your last man in, you'd have a really balanced lineup with win equity in it, no matter who else you took. But if you really want to go crazy at $6,700, there is C. Woo! Kim just sitting there waiting <laughs> Wait, for you. Could you say that one more time? Because it was just so fun. That would be C. Woo! Kim. Woo! Yeah, okay. I mean, he wins. He comes in last. He withdraws. He's the Ricky Bobby of golf. He's not first. He's last. <laughs> but he, he rarely misses the cut at the Masters, and he's super cheap. And he's really playing some of the best golf he's ever played coming into this. So that's really encouraging to see from that front. And then, like, you could start with Spieth if you wanted to because he's super cheap. He's going to be the highest-owned guy on DraftKings. But it does give you a – he's usually the second man in on a lineup because he's so cheap. If you just wanted to start with Spieth, go Spieth, then Brooks, then, like, Webb Simpson, I mean, that's a core that a lot of people aren't going to have. So there's just so many different ways okay. to play it. Just don't take yourself out of the running to begin with by taking one of these guys who just legit have no shot of winning. There you have it. All right, uh, real quick, I just want to ask you, too, because you got a, an influx of some really good young players in recent years. Is there anybody maybe out of nowhere, one of the young kids you really want to watch play this weekend that you think is you know, going to make the cut and really be something uh, maybe sooner than later? Because I think that's always the thing. That sometimes these guys come out of nowhere, and some of these young players are very advanced games. Obviously, we've seen the evolution of golf over the last 20 years. It's a very different game than it was when we were growing up as kids in terms of these young players really competing uh, once they get onto the tour. So is there somebody that kind of fits that bill that you might want to just be watching uh, some of their rounds as they uh, go into the week? I mean, it's always fun to watch Hovland, Morikawa, Matt Wolf, Scheffler, and Will Zalatoris. Those five guys in particular, and Robert McIntyre, for that matter, those six. Mm. I'm just very curious to see how they do in either their first or second Masters. Joaquin Neiman is another one. I think that they all have the right type of games to excel at Augusta in the future. Maybe it comes a bit faster for them uh, along those lines. But like Morikawa is one of the most expensive players on the board. He's been a cash cow. He's won three times in the past year. Right. He won a, He's already won a major. Hovland has a Rory style of game. So he's just going to be fun to watch. And like I said, I have money on Homa to win at 100 to 1. So, you know, I would like him to go win. That would be nice <laughs> for me. Uh, just come inside the top 10 Mad Max and we're fine with that. Um, but the young guys, yeah, you want to see how they can build their experience and learn the course a lot. But just 
you don't see a lot of first or second time players at the Masters win. They can compete, but they just don't win. Uh, right. So that really becomes the tough part. Why like, do you think that is, Pat? I'm just curious. Do you think it's, it's just the intimidation the of that first big event of the year or is it just the course itself? It's the course itself. Like there are so many. Okay. There's the reason that guys like Bernhard Langer and Fred Couples can still make the cut at age 61. Uh, they know where to hit it. They know where to miss. They know where the ball, like the, the biggest example that I can give you is probably on hole 11 where, you know, it's that one where you start at the very top of the hill and then the, the green is down to the left after a huge drop and elevation. That second shot with the water off to the left is so intimidating, but you just see like Bernhard Langer, like take it like a three iron, play a worm burner down the right hand side. He's like, Oh yeah, if it hits that mound, it's going to bounce onto the back of the green over there and I'm going to be safe. It just takes reps at the course to know that stuff so for every you know tiger or speed who ends up like winning in his first in his second try you know most guys don't do that uh, it takes that certain level of experience and familiarity of where the course is going to bounce in your favor and like you don't want to like there's just certain courses even on the par fives like oh i can't hit it deep right there if i hit it deep right there i might chip it into the water coming back up so if i'm gonna miss i'm gonna miss to the left and guys just have to take their lumps some guys get accelerated through that but most do not. So that would be the way that I would kind of approach it, that that experience factor does matter just because this is such a unique course and unlike a lot of the ones that the players see throughout the course of the year. I did want to give a special shout out, though. If people are looking to get in on some action here, fantasygolfchampionships.com. We're running a thing called the Race for the Mayo Cup. It's a one and done. Ah. You pick one player per tournament, uh, and you can only use them once all year. We've done a condensed version. So it goes from the Masters, to the British Open, 17 events. It's 100 bucks to play, 10,000 bucks to the winner of it. And there's only 1,000 spots available. I mean, there's less than that now because it starts at the Masters. It's almost full. If people do want a spot in that, fantasygolfchampionships.com. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's from the same guys that bring you like the, the high stakes, like NFBC, like that kind of thing. Oh, NFBC. sure, yeah. No, the sports hub guys. Stuff. Same group. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome contest and... You just pick one guy and you can use all of the favorites throughout the course of the year if you want. If you're someone that you know is intimidated by the betting market or doesn't bet a whole bunch of money, like you have $100 to spend, that $100 is going to last you over 17 weeks. So it's great bang for your buck anyway. And there's 10K at the top. Like that, That's not chump change. I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's a great alternative. Everyone should go check that out right away. They should also check them out at twitter at the pme as always and check out the pat mayo experience uh pat where can everybody get all of the great pat mayo media network empire because you know there's always a demand for it so where can everybody go and what else you got going on now that's hot well fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20 percent off the most customizable stat engine in the world all the tools in the world so it's a great product. I love it. I helped develop it with my friend Mike, um, and it's been gangbusters. People swear by the product. Uh, I do too. It's super easy to use. So if you have an intimidation level with anything like tools or anything like that, don't when it comes <laughs> to fantasynational.com. Again, slash Mayo will get you that 20% off. But the Mayo Media Network on YouTube, just you know, go to it. Subscribe to it, by the way. You know, like all the videos, all that stuff that helps us boost up in searches and algorithms because that's what's important, people. Getting those, getting up in the Google algorithm, that's, <laughs> that's the key to all of it. So uh, I have my show, comes out every day, uh, and it's a mix of sports. It's golf right now. It's going to be football, uh, obviously, especially with the draft coming up. I got Oscar stuff coming up. My show hits on everything, but we do have you a- know, day- You've never had the ex-actor here on the Oscar show. I don't know how that's the case. I mean, all have you years- seen? 
Have you seen all the movies this year? I get them sent to me every year because I still vote for the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So I but, actually get most of them. Now, this year, I've been lax. Uh, usually, I have seen them all. I usually try to see them. But this year, I was a little behind because of all the, the changeover and coming over to Fantasy Pros and doing a lot of the other stuff. But typically speaking, I am a good go-to person because I have seen all the things. And, and you know, I, I do have a, you know, a history there in the profession for a good decade plus. So just, just throwing that out there next time. Well, I want the invite. I, I have one spot left on my Oscars <laughs> betting show. If you want it and you've seen the movies, it's your spot. That's the problem. Well, I think this year I'm a bad guest next year. I'm going to hold you to it. And I'm also going to hold you to it. If you hit the hundred to one, you and I go out and play a round of golf with that money, or at least a small part of it, somewhere nice. That's all I, I want. I mean, I got some more here. Siwoo Kim is 150 to one. I'm in on that. <laughs> Kevin Nam is 250 to one. I'm in on that. I listen. No one picks more losers in golf than me from just enticed by these huge odds. Uh, but I got money on those guys too. Any of those guys win, yeah, I'll, I'll treat you to a round of golf. That's not a problem. But there we go. Me- Mayo Media Network on YouTube, my show every single day. It's just, it's Masters Week, so there's a ton of Masters. There's golf every week, there's football every week, plus all the special shows that we do. But uh, the other shows on the network, we have a daily baseball show, comes out every single day at midnight uh, to prep you for the next day. It's 15 minutes long. It's a real easy thing to do. Fantasy baseball picks and bets. There's a daily hockey show, fantasy hockey picks and bets uh we have our ufc show every week it's the number one ufc betting show in the biz uh at least the most watched and downloaded at least so you can come hang with cody and paul on that one we try to be all things to all people um and all the money that you lose along with me the other shows actually make it up for you so it's a wash when it comes down to it there you have it and look you gave us a lot of good information we appreciate your time and your insight and the uh, the advice to kind of spread it around with some of the uh, higher odds and give yourself a couple more opportunities uh, to hit big so hope everybody enjoys the masters this week and this weekend i know pat mayo will be watching hopefully you will too and again make sure you follow us over at fantasy pros at betting pros again that's bettingpros.com for you to get all the latest in terms of the odds and where you can make your wagers because you have everything condensed into one spot where you can go ahead and look at all the odds and different players and get the best odds you want in the different places so that'll do it for us today but we'll be back again for more betting talk later in the week make sure you follow him again at the pme And enjoy your golf this week, everybody. Thanks for joining in, and we'll see you next time, kids. (laughs) 